0: Friends, we're back, your favorite podcast show of the week. It is Location Weekly, and it's uh, episode number 554. We're recording live on February the 1st. Yes, it's a new month, new energy in the dead of winter, um, but uh, all is good. How are you, Brianna
1: I am great. I'm happy to be here with you. How are you doing?
0: Doing okay. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, February is like to me that month where like you know, you just sort of hunker down and try and get through and crank out a lot of, you know, work and, you know, look forward to the spring when, you know, conferences are happening and things are moving again and whatnot. But you know, we are, uh, we have a big LBMA announcement coming up on February 15th we're going to be announcing sort of the new relaunch of the LBMA or new strategy and kind of what we're doing uh, in the, you know, next year and beyond. Um So lots of changes. Uh, So uh, tune in for that on February 15th. Um, There's a link up on the LBMA website if you want to register. It's a live streamed event. Um, Yeah, and I'll be out in Germany with uh, hanging out with Karsten as we uh, do that. Uh, So, yeah.
1: Super exciting stuff. Have to stay tuned. Um, I don't know. February has been a month for getting out for me because, well, it will be. We just went sledding this weekend, which was technically still still January but it was fun you know as being like a new or back in the northeast after many years away and back with children this time it's like a lot of fun Um, and then we have plans hopefully nothing cancels them this time two years later but to head to Dominican Republic later this month uh, for a little family vacation and some warmth so I am you know looking forward to that for sure
0: awesome Uh, that'll be good that will be good All righty. Well, we've got the usual four stories for you guys this week. So uh, I'll let Aubriana kick us off.
1: All right. So here's a fun one. Uh, Google is getting sued over deceptive location tracking. And this, you know, came out not too long ago, I would say like 10 days or less. And Really, you've got, you know, a few states that are in on this. We've got Washington DC, Texas, Washington State, and Indiana, and they are announcing this new lawsuit. Um, And this is really alleging that Google has deceived their users by collecting location data, even when users have believed that that kind of tracking was disabled through their devices. Um, so this is being led by DC Attorney General Carl Racine, and you know he's just stating really that the truth is very contrary to Google's representation, um, and that it's continuing to to use the the systems to surveil customers and profit from our data. Um, so this is happening they're saying both via Google Apps as well as obviously the Android devices in that operating system so. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> okay. So um, this happened and started getting investigated back after uh Associated Press had reported back in 2018 um, that it had found, you know, the Google Apps and, and the Android iOS location data, this, you know, all of this occurring. And so now, you know, they are saying that um you know, this was coordinated with computer science team from Princeton to verify their findings. And this led, of course, to where we are today. Um, and this is, you know, coming on the heels after several other lawsuits that have been announced around maybe their advertising practices uh, being a little bit dirty and, and not straightforward. Um, and I shouldn't say a little, like pretty blatantly. And this was, uh, you know, the state of Texas brought this on with 15 other states inclusive of Puerto Rico. And they had filed this this suit against Google for antitrust abuses as well in the online ad market. Um, And then recently the Southern District of New York just unsealed the complaint. So there's lots of, you know, interesting details there to read. Um, And this is the third amended complaint of that type. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happening here, you know, around location data, and if you think that doesn't lead into their profitability and control in the market and advertising, then, you know, wake up. Um, You know, I think this is concerning. This is concerning because Google has a place in almost every single person's life these days. If you have a connected device of any type, um, whether you're streaming YouTube, whether you're using it for navigation and, and wayfinding or simply for search you know they know more about you and i than we know about ourselves most days so i think that you know this is this is very concerning to me and it's also concerning not only on a personal level but for the industry um you know these are the things that we are constantly making conversations about right and making a stance on to say there has to be a value add to the consumers and not saying there's not a value add there's immense value in a lot of the services that Google does offer to us as conservative as consumers but we need transparency and we need uh you know there needs to be a, an exchange and a trust and i'm not sure that that's continuing that seems like the trust is being broken and it gives me a lot of pause um so I don't know, that's the facts that I have here that I've you know kind of pulled together, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, we all know that, um, you know, transparency is is kind of what, uh, you know, we've been striving for in the industry overall uh, when it comes to location data. And I think, you know, you, you touched on the most important piece is, is there value being provided in exchange for you know that the use of that data and you know i think there is um you know for a lot of the things that that google does and you know they've they've come back in response to this you know this uh, this set of lawsuits saying that uh you know they've you know updated their data retention practices and they give people the ability to you know automatically delete uh their data you know for set time periods so you can you know set it to three months or 18 months or whatever um and it will kind of wipe your data from their their servers and and those kinds of things but i I think at the end of the day um more needs to be done by google and you know uh and like companies around making that language and how you know those options are are available to the average consumer very clear very transparent very easy to understand, because I don't think that it's necessarily like, if I had to go find how to do that, I don't think it's like, you know, just right there for me to do it, right. Um, and, And I think that's some of the challenges I see with this. And so I think the lawsuit is, you know, somewhat, you know, fair in the sense that you know it's 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 not easy for people to be able to kind of withdraw themselves from this or understand the language of how you know it's presented on how you get access to be able to withdraw from being tracked and things like that um so to me that like it's it's those nuances that are at the heart of this kind of a discussion so at the end of the day you know this is not the first time google's been sued for this type of thing um, and you know they managed to you know survive and continue to go and and the same will happen again I, I believe so um, so that's all I got to say about that one. Um, right. All right, <laughs> yeah. So moving from one behemoth in Google to another, uh, our second story is about Apple. And this one's very interesting to me because Apple's announced now that uh, they are going to enable your 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 iPhone to become a payment terminal. Um, and so the, the, the thinking here is, uh, you know, they're, they're going head to head with platforms like Square. And so, you know, if you have an Apple iPhone device, you're used to, you know, things like Apple Pay and you can enable that and go, you know, to a place that accepts Apple Pay and tap your phone using near field communications to facilitate that payment transaction. Now, what we're talking about essentially is kind of using that same near field capability in, in an iPhone to do the reverse, where your phone is the payment terminal and somebody can tap, you know, their card uh, on your phone and facilitate a payment to you. Um, and so, you know, this is quite handy, you know, for, you know, anybody who's you know familiar with using Square devices or things like that, you know, taxi cab drivers, food truck operators, you know, you know, any anybody like that, um, you know, that's that's providing services and trying to collect payment. Um, especially in a, in a mobile environment, you know, where you're on the road. Um, so I think this is really interesting. Um, it's uh, it's built upon um, an acquisition. Actually, Apple acquired a Canadian company back uh, last in 2020 called MobiWave uh, for about 100 million dollars. And um, you know, they are the ones who sort of created this this technology. Then Apple's kind of evolving it from from you know that that core technology that they acquired so um, you know it's not available yet. Uh, The sort of thinking right now is that um, you know this may be available as part of you know um, iOS 15.4 which you know is is coming out later this year Uh, and I think this this could be a game changer for a lot of businesses for a lot of small businesses. Um, The company that that uh, owns Square is uh, their stock you know, dropped uh, on this announcement uh, almost four um, percent the other day. So it's um, you know I think it has big you know big ramifications, and you know it's it's sort of about time too, right? Because Samsung's already been doing this using the same Mobi Wave technology before Apple acquired it. Um, you know they had licensed that technology from the same Canadian startup and had built that into their devices, and so Apple's kind of playing a little bit of catch up here. But I think it's it's a significant blow to players like Square. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. One, I like this from a, a seamlessness aspect. I was thinking back to the early days of you know the little plugins that you put into the, the, the headphone jack to like swipe credit cards on your phone and how you would have an app, whether that was PayPal or even Square. Um, and a lot has changed and where we have progressed a lot. And I do think this is a very seamless use case, right? You think about small businesses, they've, those, those uh, candle makers and soap you know, creators and all of those things, they have these pop-up shops and typically they do have a square or a Venmo or something like that. Yeah. But the, uh, the application of just simply and seamlessly using what you already have, I think makes a lot of sense um you know i would i'm very interested to see how is square going to continue in terms of like what is the value that it offers um you know beyond really what it has for so long and with this new opportunities just to go straight to the device and not needing kind of a, a another um extra set of hardware nor you know having to to maybe, I, I don't know if there's like fees or something that they can do to undercut what, what's happening here. But um, I like this. I think that it makes, it makes complete sense. So we'll see. Yeah.
0: Huh. All, right. All right.
1: So let's go to the retail front and Savage X Fenty, which if you are not familiar with this is Rihanna's more lingerie type of brand that she launched a few years ago. And they are getting into some interesting technology. So they are launching in-store fitting technology. It's powered by a company called Fitmatch. And they are doing this in their first brick and mortar location. And they have plans to expand the solution across its channels over the uh, upcoming year. Um, But what's also interesting is they have additionally invested in Fitmatch as a company. Uh, to accelerate this expansion and the AR technology and the growth there. Um, Looked into it a little bit. So the CEO and founder is Hanif Brown and he is a first generation Jamaican immigrant. So maybe, you know, Rihanna's keeping it in the Caribbean here. Um, but, you know, he's really driven by how he wants to help retailers and brands grow and scale their businesses through this technology. And I think this is really interesting. Um, you know, they are they're using body scans from Apple devices that are equipped with LiDAR and it'll analyze your body, right, create this body shape and then find this kind of personal replicate of your body or a fit twin from this unique data set um, and database that's created by and for each retailer. Um, So this twin is kind of based on like what your profile is like an actual person that functions as this kind of personal shopper if you will to say what sizes what styles may may fit you best. Um, So I love this just First of all, like the idea of having to go somewhere and try something on is—it's just—it's taxing, right? We want the convenience, but we also know, especially as women, that when we try things on, like it is complicated. It's not super simple, and so shopping online, as much as we want to do it, sometimes has a lot of challenges and a lot of returning. Um, I'll get like a little bit personal here. So there's another company called Cupcu. C U U P. And it is, um, an online, you know, lingerie undergarment brand for, for women. I mean, I guess men too, if that's your thing, but, um, it is, they, they have virtual assistants. So you can do like a zoom call where they help you determine fit. They go through the measurement process, but that's a little personal and I did it. And it was like, you know, you had to get this, you want to get things right. You want to be comfortable. Right. Um, and this is so much better. Like if you can have something that has the technology, because sometimes even a measuring tape and maybe somebody looking at you doesn't account for, you know, where certain things fit and what looks best on your, your figure, you know? And I love that this is like taking technology. It's very personal. It's very intimate, but yet there's not necessarily having to like stand in front of a camera in your skivvies in front of a stranger. Like that's, you know, we do it, but it's a little awkward. So I really like this. I think that there is so much opportunity beyond just, you know, women's lingerie, but like, what a great place to start. So um, I'm excited to see how this brand and as well as uh, this technology continues to advance with other retailers.
0: Yeah, I really like this. I think it's a uh, it, it's a great uh, use of uh, of sort of you know you know pretty innovative technology here. You know, obviously, it's only the latest generation of iPhones that have the lidar capabilities. For those not familiar with lidar, you probably you know it's a technology that's been around for a long time. You know, very very popular these days uh, in the field of things like archaeology, where you know they scan the desert and they can kind of detect shapes and define you know hidden pyramids and all kinds of things like that. You know, um, you know that are that have been buried in the sand. Um, and so essentially, it's the same tech here that Apple's you know sort of built into the, the, their latest devices. Um, And so you're using that to essentially scan, you know, this body and then create a, you know, a a geometric, you know, pattern shape based on that, that's, you know, pretty close, you know, to what your actual body is. So I I like that they're doing that and they're kind of using that tech to, you know, sort of, you know, build you that profile that, you know, can give you that that fit match essentially, Um, which is pretty cool. And, And from a, you know, Savage X Fenty perspective, I like that. You know this is their first physical retail store and that they're like starting you know big with a bang and having you know really cool innovative tech in there and then plan to replicate that across the board. I also like that they're investing in tech um, at the same time, and they're not just, you know, sort of staying on the pure retail side. And, you know, I, I love the, uh, you know, what you alluded to there with the, you know, the Jamaican uh, connection and, uh, you know, it's drawing at my uh, my Caribbean uh, roots, my Guyanese heritage as well. So uh, I, I like that. So um, well done.
1: I think just one other thing I wanted to add is that I really love that. I think this ties back into really part of the, the brand as Savage X Fenty in particular, because when they launched a few years ago, it was one of the first you know, runway shows that we saw women of all shapes and sizes walking the runway and all of this lingerie. And so I think that this really ties back into that core message that you know, women of all shapes and sizes Um, Or anyone who wants to wear, you know, some type of undergarment and lingerie and feel good about themselves and confident and sexy can have something that fits them. And so I think that this is not only like, yeah, it's great. It's cool. It's helpful. Good technology. But it ties back into really who they are at their core as a brand. So I love that as well.
0: All right. All right. Our final story now, staying with retail um uh, on a bigger scale now we're talking about shopping malls here and uh, a company called Placeflies, which has been around the lbma community for a long time has announced a partnership with a company called bambuser that's b-a-m-b-u-s-e-r and i i'm really really uh excited about the story because i think it's 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 something different and new uh in using technology that's been around for a little while so you know we're all familiar with e-commerce shopping and you know you know, going online and buying things and, you know, having trouble, you know, finding the right fit and all that kind of stuff. Um, But uh, what I haven't seen before and what I think is really interesting with what they're doing here is they're taking uh, that into the physical shopping mall and they're saying, okay, uh, we're teaming up with shopping malls. They've partnered with the corners of Brookfield in Wisconsin and Cuban uh which is a mall in Norway so far, and essentially all the tenants, all the retailers in the mall can kind of come on board and uh, they equip them with e-commerce, you know, storefronts um, so they can sell their stuff to people. But what's the interesting part of this is, is that they essentially then live stream the mall out to people at home. Um, and so you get you know, you can stay you know at your desk or your, your, on your laptop and kind of, you know, be transported to the mall and actually see what's happening physically in the mall and see the store and see things like that and then actually shop, um, you know, and and, uh, and make purchases that way. So I think this is really you know a, a neat way for malls to um, sort of connect digitally uh with a new audience potentially uh and maybe a, a new demographic that uh that they haven't been uh you know working with before um bamboos are the the company that they've partnered with here they've got a lot of experience working with ted baker and clinique and um you know cosmetics brands like shishido and and folks like that uh doing this kind of thing so i think it's really interesting and you know to sort of back that up they found like huge numbers with this already so they said typically they're getting 27 percent average chat engagement 15 uh, percent added to their cart rate uh increase in the cart rate and viewers on the live stream are normally staying on the site for at least nine minutes so i think that's interesting right like i think that speaks to you know uh something that that's a different way to engage with a physical property in a big shopping mall with multiple tenants um, who all have, you know, virtual storefronts essentially here, but, you know, to do that in a live streamed environment, um, and, you know, bamboozer and PlaceWise get a sort of fixed fee monthly SaaS type model, uh, from each tenant that's, you know, each mall partner, uh, is, is how they do this. So I think this is interesting. What are, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I love this. Um, I love the idea of going to the mall while I'm on my sofa in my sweatpants. I think that's amazing. Um, And I, of course, you know, I love the data points that you mentioned about the 15% increase in basket size and, you know, the nine minutes, that's nine extra minutes from somebody who wasn't going to go to the mall, who now has virtually gone to the mall. And I think that's amazing as well. Um, I feel that this is really the beginning of something. and, And one thing that I've always thought about this type of an application was actually in the supermarket. So, um, you know, whenever I go to the grocery store, I certainly have like my list of things I have to get in the staples, but I always like looking at, you know, what's new, what are the new cheeses that are, you know, that I see or something that I want to try that's new. So the idea of kind of virtually walking through the aisles for me would go beyond the typical like Instacart or Fresh Direct type of a delivery thing where I'm just searching and adding things to my list, right? Or going through and um, doing my regular shopping. So I love this because I think it opens up that opportunity to say, I'm not just going to go through like everything on the Zara website, but now I can actually like walk into Zara, look around, see what's on the mannequin, see what I want to look at. And then perhaps, you know, add that to my shopping cart. And then if we could just get the fit match tied right into it, man, how would that be amazing?
0: That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, no, I think I think it's great, and it reminded me when you just said about grocery. I, if you remember, way way back in the early early days of the LBMA, uh, you know, it was that case study we were showing uh, in China where they created uh, virtual grocery stores in in essentially um, augmented reality, and you could hold up your phone and you could walk into a virtual grocery store and go down each shelf and each aisle and and mm-hmm. shop directly from it, and that was like nine years ago, something like that. So. You know the tech is there, right? It's uh, you know all this tech is you know it, it's you know maybe FitMatch the exception, but most of this tech is is uh, you know been around for a while, right? It's it's how do we find ways to apply it that are innovative and interesting and and effective, right? Um, and I think this th- this is a good example of that. So there you go. All right, that's our show for this week. So you've been listening to episode uh, number 554 of Location Weekly. Thank you so much for uh, your time. Please reach out to us if you have story ideas um, uh, or feedback. Uh, Give us some likes and some love on whatever platform you're consuming this. And we'll see you next week for another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.